I'm Carl Ulrich, Vice Dean of Entrepreneurship and Innovation at the Wharton School, and this is Launchpad, where I talk to successful entrepreneurs about the secrets to launching and growing their startups. I'm happy to welcome to the show my next guest, Jeff Zoe, who's co-founder and CEO of Fig Loans. Jeff, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Carl. It's a pleasure to be here. All right. You got a great you got a great domain and it's just two dictionary words. Fig loans. No hyphen, just figloans.com. So Jeff, yeah, also I'm just gonna point out proudly that that you have a bunch of degrees from the University of Pennsylvania. You were an undergraduate uh, in engineering at Wharton in 07 and then got your MBA in 2015. We always like to take credit when we have our, yeah. our graduates. I actually think you have me <laughs> confused with my co-founder. Uh, that's true. Oh, is that right? Yeah. but uh, Oh, John, I'm a, so I'm you have MBA no Wharton, Wharton education? Uh, I was class of 2015 at Wharton MBA program. Okay, but, but you weren't undergrad. I was not. Oh, all right. Yeah, all right. I'm blaming my my producer for that because that's that's in your bio. Totally. She's going to show that me. after this. All right, all right. Well, at least you do have some Wharton credentials, so we're, nothing to be ashamed of. All right. So, Jeff, <laughs> um, Jeff, give us the elevator pitch for Fig Loans. Yeah. So uh, we provide socially responsible financial products uh, for people who are underbanked. Uh, the story behind people who are underbanked is that uh, they don't have access to traditional credit products today. So think credit cards, online lending, uh, basically most of the things that you and I uh, can get to, they don't. And as a result, they have to turn to predatory lending products like payday loans, title loans, and pawn shop loans uh, if they're ever faced with a short-term cash flow challenge. Okay, so so give me just another level of detail on who this typical customer is and how much money they need and why they need it. Sure. Uh, so this could be almost anyone in the middle class. Um, it's someone who could either work hourly or a salaried job. Typical income levels we see anywhere between 30000 and even up to $90,000 a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, the typical loan size uh, is roughly between three to $500. Um, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a really short amount. It's mostly for people who have unexpected uh, financial emergencies. And for people who don't have credit cards uh, and are living paycheck to paycheck, uh, if you've seen uh, the stat, I think it's about 40% of people couldn't come up with $2,000 tomorrow if they needed it. Yeah. Yeah, so this is, they've got a, somebody broke broke into their car and they need to replace a piece of window glass to get to work or something like that. I mean, it's a it's an unexpected event that puts them underwater financially. Exactly. It's the idea that they could save up for this over time, mm-hmm. um, but it just comes as a economic shock to them. Yeah. All right. So what do they do? What's the as-is solution? Yeah. So the as-is solution is not great. It's pretty bleak. Uh, for people that have friends and family, uh, the best place to go is to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically borrow from friends and family and then pay them back over time. Uh, the second best solution, which is also very, very, very rare, uh, is that they could go to a number of nonprofits uh, who have a, emergency loan programs for specific populations. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the vast majority of situations, uh, people end up going to a payday loan, mm-hmm. uh, which is a kind of a storefront lender. Uh, they'll lend you a few hundred dollars and ask you to pay them back two weeks later. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm hesitant to tell you the uh, the, the the price point uh, over the over this podcast because it's absurdly high. 
Well, you you it's on your website, and I'll just so I'll tell them our listeners. You say that a payday loan is a six hundred and sixty-two percent interest rate. Yeah, that's right. Which uh, which I, that's, that's, that's sort higher. of mind-boggling, mind-boggling, right? Yeah. Um. Okay, so what's your solution, and why is it better? Sure. So our solution actually uh, comes from Morton. Um, it, uh, I was inspired by a class I took with uh, Professor Pete Fader around mm-hmm. the idea that not all people are the same, and there's heterogeneity in this market. Um, and what we're saying is that, look, uh, there's a lot of people who have low credit scores today and can't get credit cards, but their credit score is not representative of who they are. Uh, the best analogy I can give is if you think about your driver's license, and the mm-hmm. photo on your driver's license, and how in most cases that looks nothing like you. That was you five, six years ago, but today that's not you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what a lot of people have as their credit score. And so at FIG, what we're saying is, look, uh, there are a lot of people out there who should get credit, um, but they can't get it today. And if we can give them opportunity, we can actually help them rebuild their credit, and then they can rejoin the traditional credit markets. And that's actually the business model that we run. Uh, we do our, all of our lending at cost. Uh, so we make no money on the loans. And what we're doing is basically giving people the opportunity to prove that they actually deserve uh, a higher credit score, reporting mm-hmm. that to the credit bureaus, and then helping them get back. Okay. Well, that leads to a bunch of questions. And let's just start with the, with the one based on your last comment. So... It, most businesses won't survive very long providing services at cost. So yeah. how, how is it that you make money? Yeah. So the loans are designed to cover the cost of the company. And then beyond okay. that, as someone repairs their credit, uh, they're actually reentering a very competitive credit band. So if you think about all of the entry-level credit procs today, and how much they're paying for advertising, how much they're paying in promotional offers uh, for the same group of customers. Mm -hmm. And basically what I'm telling them is I have these people that belong in this competitive group that you're paying a lot Mm -hmm. for today. Mm -hmm. I'm going to help them get back there. And a week, a month, right before they make it back in and everyone knows they're back, I will give you the first shot at it. So if you're Capital One, I'll say, hey, look, this person is going to be in your sweet spot two months from now. Mm -hmm. Are you interested in making this person an offer, knowing that's where they're going to be, so that you can be their first and default credit card, Uh, the credit card that you put all of your your current spendings on? Wait, let me get this straight. Capital One wants a payday loan customer? Capital One wants a customer that walks, talks, and acts like a prime customer. Yeah. But their credit score doesn't reflect that today. And mm. because when they were called 525, 26, they, they made a mistake with credit. Mm-hmm. And ever since then, uh, they've never used it again. And mm. now fast forward six, seven years, the same person is thinking about buying a home, want, uh, wants to save, wants to build a family, but their credit score still looks like them seven years ago. Mm. Wow, it's, it's super interesting. So, so Capital One then effectively pays you for the lead and you're using yeah. your payment history as the evidence that they're that they're going to be a good credit risk. 
Exactly. And yeah. I'm basically saying, based on my history and their credit score, which we are reporting on, right. this person is on a trajectory to land exactly where you want them to be when you give them yeah. the card. Yeah. And do you pitch this to the, does the end consumer know this, that this is one of the benefit propositions of using your service? Yeah. So it's, um, we, we do pitch it, uh, but in a slightly different way. Mm-hmm. Um, so the way that we communicate it to our end users is that, look, we're a loan that builds credit. Uh, we, report, we report to all the agencies and we help yeah. work with you to make sure that you're basically maximizing uh, the positive impact on your credit score. All right. Awesome. Okay. So I want to circle back to, actually, before, I, before we talk about the origin story, I do want to just get out one piece of information, which is the your interest rate it, it, it is not what you and I are paying for a home equity loan. Uh, you know, three yeah. percent. It, it's still super high. It's just a tiny fraction of what a payday loan is. But if I can, if your website is to believe your interest rate is going to co- comes in at one hundred ninety percent, it's still a quite high interest rate for that first for that first time loan. Is that right? That's correct. Um, and it's been something that we've actually struggled with for a while. Uh, yeah. How can we reduce that rate up front? Um, yeah. And the the biggest challenge, and uh, one of the first questions you asked me was, how do you survive as a business? Right. Um, and so what we, when we started, we actually started way lower. Um, yeah. And what we found out was the credit band that we're serving, like if, if I tell you our average credit score is around 520. Ooh. Yeah. Um, like, right. Like you, you imagine, uh, the, the natural loss rates with, uh, with credit scores and this is not even right. a chart. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so the base population is just very, very different to begin with. Yeah. And on top of that, we are offering a, a small dollar loan over a short time mm-hmm. frame. So mm-hmm. for someone to borrow one of our loans, it costs them roughly about six bucks for hundred, uh, for a hundred to borrow a hundred dollars for a month. Mm hmm. Uh, yeah, like that doesn't sound like very much, but when you annualize it, that's what makes the yeah. number look much bigger. Yeah, yeah, got it. And so that hundred ninety percent is really that—that's what it takes to cover the. This is this first-time customer comes onto your your site and buy, gets a loan is a very risky customer. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, and so that's why that. Yeah, but then what's what I think so cool about what you've done is. You then lay out, okay, but if you pay it, your second one will be lower and your third one will be lower still. And, and that's a really nice feature of, of the service, it strikes, at least it strikes me. Yeah, yeah uh, we're really excited about that. We have a, a lot yeah. of customers. We go all the way down to credit card level rates. Yeah. Um, and while any time along the journey, uh, when someone's credit score uh, is sufficient, we're very, very happy and very excited to send them to much yeah. lower rate products. Uh, our goal is really just to be that bridge. We want to give yep. people that opportunity to prove themselves and then send them on their way when they're ready. Yeah. Jeff, I threw my producer under the bus and it wasn't her fault. So uh, the, the, my, my, my bio very clearly listed your, your co-founder as the Wharton undergrad and engineering undergrad. And then I can't believe I, f- I failed to, to recognize that you got your degree from my alma mater, MIT. Uh, so that's awesome. And I'm sorry for having screwed that up. Um, but it leads me to my next question, Jeff, which is give us give us a little sense of the origin story and how you got into this. Because you were you went to MIT, you were a consultant at BCG, and then and then and then you went to Wharton and then and then you started Figlons. Talk a little bit about the origin story 
of the company and 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 what prepared you to be an entrepreneur? Sure. Uh, so I would say of the company, uh, it's actually very, very, very pen focused. So my co-founder and, uh, and I, we met, uh, about two weeks before term started, uh, at wow. the pen apps hackathon. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, so we were both hobby developers, uh, who had worked on side projects, uh, mm-hmm. and knew we wanted to make something. Uh, that was, that was mm-hmm. our whole goal uh, in coming to get our MBA. Mm-hmm. And so we met at this hackathon, and we made a game. Uh, so over 72 hours, we sat around and made a game that we called Llama Run. Um, basically, it's a side-scrolling game where you're a llama, and you jump over rocks. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right? Game. All right, this is just the typical MBA. There. Yeah, right. There we are. All right. Um, but it was really fun. Uh, and we basically started working together, uh, since then. Um, and so throughout our time, uh, at Wharton, uh, we built multiple different products. Um, some of them more goofy than others. Uh, we made a marketplace, uh, for Penn students to exchange things, which I think everyone goes through that phase as an entrepreneur. Yeah, uh, exactly. We're build a marketplace and everyone's going to yeah. use it. Yeah. Uh, then we decided to create a game for couples in long distance relationships. Um, that was basically the building off the idea that shared experiences, uh, are very, very impactful, uh, for mm. a relationship. And when you're in long distance, it's actually very hard to have those, but mm. gaming is, uh, distance agnostic. Um, and then we went from there, uh, to a matchmaking platform for people on games, uh, to meet up and play together. Uh, if we couldn't mm. make the game work, uh, we were going to use popular games and bring people together. Uh, at that point, um, we actually looked at ourselves and said, hey, look, um, we are in an interesting situation where we've built a bunch of tech companies, and we've learned a lot about developing, but we haven't put any of our backgrounds to work. Uh, and so my background is in uh, consumer products, uh, and I also did a lot of work with data. And uh, my co-founder, John's background is in finance, not only retail banking, but also risk management. Mm-hmm. And so we looked at each other and said, hey, look, we, we have to do something in consumer finance. Uh, and the other thing that's very important to us is that we run a real business. Uh, we're really interested in the idea of running a business that drives revenue uh, and, actually, and has actual dollars as opposed to gaining a billion users and then trying to figure out how to make money then. Yeah, I hate that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, that billion so, user thing, yeah. Yeah, right. Like It worked before. It's way harder now than people make it out to be. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We're on the same page. And so okay. from there, we looked across consumer finance uh, pretty much under every rock that we could. And John, my co-founder, actually had the idea uh, for fig loans. Uh, he said, look, while I was at Oliver Wyman, uh, like one of my teams advised the CFPB on regulation for small dollar lending. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I said, this is fascinating. Like, tell me more. I don't know anything about it. Um, probably like a lot of people uh, or right. a lot of our peers, like we just don't know much about this industry. And so he explained to me how you have these like 600% APRs. Uh, and his theory was that, look, if the prime rate is so low and these guys are charging 600, there has to be something wrong with this industry. Mm-hmm. Right? It's just, it's just unfathomable that this is an efficient uh, market. And so that's actually how we got started. And like all good entrepreneurs, we did our research. And what we ended up doing was we co-called about 100 nonprofits across the United States. 
And we did that because we had never had first-hand experience with payday loans. Our peers didn't have experience. And so we really wanted to talk to financial coaches who had clients who were payday loan customers or had even mm. taken out payday loans themselves. Mm. Um, and that's actually how we got started. Uh, and so we had this amazing response from the United Way of Greater Houston. Uh, they said, hey, look, like, we have a huge problem with payday lending. Like, we'll tell you everything that we know. Like, we're looking desperately for solutions. And so that's actually how things started. It was a collaboration with us uh, while we were students in school and the United Way of Greater Houston. So like every few months or so, we would fly out there, meet with them, get more information, reframe our hypotheses, come back again. Uh, and it all culminated in March uh, before we graduated. We went down, presented this theory of fig loans to a room of about 80 financial coaches. Uh, right. And like crowd goes wild. Everyone was like, hey, like you need to come build this for us. We have a dire need for it. And being entrepreneurs who have always tried to push products out onto people, the mm -hmm. idea of this pull demand was fascinating. And it was something that <laughs> said, hey, like we, we can't let this go. Right. Like we've been trying to push products out for the last two years. It's time for people who want the product to get what they need. Wow. So I, I want to just pause for a minute because there's a bunch there's a bunch of really cool stuff here. Um, the first is this was a this was a vast market with some obvious inefficiencies. So you you figured out that this was you know big 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 business and that there was this crazy thing which is these usury interest rates and made an inference that there must be intrinsic inefficiency or opportunity here. But then you were agnostic about what that opportunity was, and that's what I love about this. So picked a big picked a big valuable area without knowing exactly what the opportunity was. And then you went looking under rocks to find the opportunity and and then and then eventually validated it with the United Way Houston. So that I love that. I love that basic approach. Look for big markets where there's apparently some inefficiency. Then in an in a solution agnostic way, go looking under rocks to look for the problem for a real significant pain point. So I love that and I just want to underscore it. So so what happened next? So were you were you guys from Houston or was it just totally random that they, they're the yeah. ones that resonated? So uh, my godmother lives in Houston, um, and that is about as far as the connection goes until wow. we moved there. So yeah. come May 2015, we both graduated um, when we basically said, hey, like we're moving to Houston uh, to see if we can get this thing off the ground. Uh, so we moved down to Houston, holed up in one bedroom in my godmother, like her, her extra bedroom. Yeah. Uh, and then basically started the roadshow of driving around Houston, figuring out how people start lenders. Um, trying to discern the good lawyers who are um, working with regulators from the lawyers mm. who work for payday loan guys, mm. um, and basically figuring it out as we go. Yeah, tell tell me a little bit about so so at what point you committed to doing this once you saw the response in that room once you said hey there's real pain here you committed at that point and you were all in. Is that right? You were just then trying to figure out what's the actual product that we're going to build. Yeah. So that was the point where we said, hey, look, like there's something real here. Mm -hmm. uh, like like if, if we're serious about starting a company, like this is, uh, this is a very real opportunity. Uh, yeah. And we'd be very foolish to try to do this on the side. Uh, like we, yeah. we owe ourselves this last, uh, call it nine-month foray. Yeah, uh, into trying to start a company before we try, uh, resume our our spots in uh, in our careers. Yeah, yeah. So tell tell me a little bit about 
about that risk and about financing. So I, I just looked on Crunchbase. It looks like unless the unless it's missing data, you have not raised very much money, and that's of course awesome. But maybe talk a little bit about the financing and about what enabled you to be so lean in getting this started. Sure. Uh, so when we started, uh, John and I started by putting in $50,000 of our own. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what we used to get off the ground. I think many entrepreneurs start the same way. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I think Crunchbase is a little off. Uh, we haven't been yeah. great about publicizing our fundraising. So we've raised yeah. about a million dollars to date. Okay. Um, I think fun, I think Crunchbase has a little bit lower than that or maybe a fraction of that. They they just have a $100,000 convertible note. That's all they've got in there right now. Got so, it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so the story goes, we actually started with $50,000. Uh, spent about 25 of it uh, to get licensed, get all of the infrastructure in place, build mm-hmm. the technology, and then did our first loan uh, in October mm-hmm. of 2015. Uh, wow. We ended up doing about 20 to 40 loans uh, mm-hmm. between October and February of 2016. Mm-hmm. Which is when we actually decided to go to Techstars, uh, so the Accelerator Incubator Program, mm-hmm. uh, and that's actually where the convertible note is from. Ah, uh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and, and the so, other thing, the other thing, Jeff, just let me interrupt you here for a minute and say you guys had a pretty rare skill set in that you were MBAs, business guys, but you could also code. So did you build your first product yourselves? Yeah, so we built our first product ourselves, and we build it today still. Oh, wow. That's awesome. I love that. I love that. So that's the other way you can be lean is if you're not, you know, you're not paying yourself, you're not paying a bunch of developers a lot of money. Yeah. 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 Uh, we, we've been very fortunate uh, that, we, that we had that skill set. Mm-hmm. So uh, we just have about a minute left, but, but how's it going? Uh, it's going well. Uh, so I would say uh, some of the cool things that have happened to us in the past year uh, we did a study uh, with a major credit bureau, and mm-hmm. we found that for our borrowers who were making their payments on time, on average, they were seeing about a 47-point increase uh, in their credit scores. Wow. And that, that quickly, that immediately. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's actually very surprising uh, how, how much your credit score is influenced mm-hmm. by your most recent debt. Uh, so if you have something wow. from like six years ago, and you get a new one, and you, and you do a great job on that, that's yeah. actually weighted much heavier. Wow. Um, All right. Yeah, that's been really exciting. And the company itself is doing well. Uh, We're growing. We're now a team of four. Uh, We'll be raising uh, another round of a million dollars. We started probably about a couple of weeks ago, and we hope to wrap that up, say, end of February, end of March. Uh, And what that will do is hopefully bring us to company break-even. Yeah. Uh, And so our goal as a company is to survive indefinitely and to not rely on venture capital money but to take it instead for uh, purposeful growth. All right. Well, Jeff, we're, we're, that brings us to the end of our, our segment, and this is super interesting, and thanks so much for making the time. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. All right. So to keep up with Fig Loans, just go to figloans.com. Check them out. And also on Twitter, at Fig Loans. I'm Carl Ulrich, Vice Dean of Entrepreneurship and Innovation at Wharton. Launchpad is produced by Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School, on Sirius XM, Channel 111. The show airs live on Wednesdays from 7 to 9 p.m. You can find more episodes of this podcast on SoundCloud or on iTunes.